Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast taking a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. 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 Very good, Benjamin. For the second week in a row, you've changed the tagline. I'm not going to tell you what it used to be. You just keep going with that one you've come up with. Benjamin, we don't have time. <laughs> Dear listeners, you can't see, but that has genuinely upset Ben. <laughs> a wave of revulsion has come across his face, mainly because now he's going to have to go back and listen to a previous episode, and there's nothing that he hates more. But look, we don't have any time for any of that because we have to look at lots of things this week, including The Witcher Blood Origins, some sort of prequel series. They're all the rage at the moment. There's also a new TV series called Kindred about the spooky scariness of racism. Also, there's John Wick Chapter 4. He's going to do a big chop on people. Also, then back on the subject of racism, I have seen Black Panther 2 and Ben's going to explain why he didn't see it. It's racism. And, very sadly, Kevin O'Neill has passed this week, Ben. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't sad enough, I think the sadder news is that Kevin Conroy has passed this week. So on this particular episode, Michael, we're going to be taking a look at Kevin Conroy's time as the voice of the Batman across multiple series, films, games, you you name it, he voiced Batman in it. TV shows. Uh, yeah, and we're going to be picking out some of our... Our favorite moments, our, our favorite uh, Kevin Conroy moments, very, uh, because it's been a it's been a hard week for pop culture, Michael. Yeah, it was a big blow, wasn't it, Benjamin? It, um, yeah. Kevin Conroy's death is it's it's hit a generation where it hurt basically. It, it really has. Like we, we've uh, we'll we'll get into it a little bit later on the podcast, Michael. Uh, uh, Michael, you hit the nail on the head there. It's so hot right now. These prequel series. Oh. It's what everyone wants, Benjamin. The Rings of Power is such an unmitigated success. Everyone's going, yeah. oh, we better do our own prequel origin series. Yeah, just a real uh, thumper of a of a series there that everyone enjoyed. Andor. And people are loving Andor. It's got the lowest ratings of any show on Disney+, Plus, but people are loving it. Despite being one of the better shows on Disney+. The, Plus. the six people who've seen Andor, Ben, think it is absolutely spectacular. But uh, that doesn't matter because there's there's fellas in the Star Wars community. And they're like, "Oh, this isn't my Star Wars." Oh, yeah. I haven't I haven't heard any bloody religious bullshit. People are cussing <laughs> and jeffing and shoving ah. each other over. People in Star Wars don't cuss. They don't cuss and de- they say poodoo, Ben. Yes, they drink blue tit milk and yeah. they they go about their day. It's and a whole they say thing. Banta poodoo and Benjamin. Yeah. Of course, your favourite prequel origin series of the current era is actually quite good. It's Game of Dragons. What's going on with all the dragons? Game of Dragons, who gave those dragons rings? Yeah, um, yeah it's it's very good, Michael. That is actually a genuinely good uh, prequel series. This is this is a prequel series, Michael, about the the realms fighting each other. So in in the Witcher series, the least interesting aspect of the Witcher series is the Witch Council, in my opinion. Yeah, no one cares about them. Nobody gives a toss. The The only reason we watched anything to do with the Wizard and Witch Council was so we could see Yennefer's origin story. And even that was a bit... I don't want to say ableist, Michael, but it was a bit ableist. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, it was like, oh, look at this. She's very ugly, isn't she, with her deformities? Do you know what makes life easier? If you're not ugly. Yeah, I um, That makes that. life much easier. Not great work from them, you know, in retrospect, Michael. <laughs> um, and knowing what we know about the writer's room these days, 
I don't know what this is going to be like. Mm. I, I, I don't know why they've said, oh, do you know what people really want to know? Why the elves don't like everybody and why mm. the witches don't like too many people. And uh, we'll have a witcher in there as well. Sure, why not? Who is the witcher in it, Ben? Uh, I think it's Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh is um, the witcher. Which which leads me to my other question, Michael. Yeah. How in fuck's name did they get Michelle Yeoh for this? Benjamin, Michelle, Michelle Yeoh's getting herself around there now. Uh, she is. She's in everything these days. She's not going gently into that good night, Michael. Retirement, never heard of her. Yeah, I think she's only she in her says. early 60s, Ben. But look, um, a bit ageist there from you. You should be on that council yeah, of witches. I, no, I should be in that bloody uh, writer's room, Michael. Get you in there, in that writer's room, just coming up with uh, ways to insult Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh, Benjamin, we had an episode once called A Waste of Michelle Yeoh. Yes. Where a film wasted Michelle Yeoh. I think it was the one with um, Frank Grillo stuck in a time loop. Oh, yeah. Frank Grillo's Groundhog Day, I think it was called. Frank Grillo's uh, Groundhog Day, Michael, what a classic. Left a huge cultural footprint on the world. Um, it yeah. No one remembers it. I think Michelle Yeoh was in that, but Michelle Yeoh will be in anything these days. She'll just, uh, it's like, as long as it's not more than a couple of days, she'll show up and, and be in anything for you. She'll do a yes, Michael. Uh, Michael, it's one of those trailers that tells us absolutely fucking nothing while spoiling all the big moments. Oh, it's, good. It, it's, <laughs> It's good work. I do not understand what it's about. I think it's about a bunch of people walking around dealing with monsters, spookily oogly booglies. Oh, yes, very good. And also avoiding a conflict, Michael, which is pretty much what The Witcher Season 1 was about. That was but, The Witcher Season you know, 1, Ben. Yeah, I think they've just I think they've just done an L rinse and repeat. Uh, it's a really bad time to drop the trailer for this Michael in the midst of everybody going in the midst of everybody going why the fuck is Henry Cavill leaving The Witcher he's got to go, and, go he's got to go and do a big Superman he's got to go and do a big Superman yeah um, but it's just it's poor timing for them I just don't care about the other things in The Witcher it's streaming on Christmas Day yeah I'm going yeah. to sit down on Christmas Day Ben and I'm going to enjoy watching the prequel series to an okay show to an okay sh- That's the thing, right? With Lord of the Rings, I get it. Lord of the Rings is a massively popular movie series. The Hobbit, eh. But, you know, there's a lot of love in the Lord of the Rings lore. And I get why you'd make that. Game of Thrones, despite a disappointing final season, pretty loved show. Pretty loved, except yeah. that disappointing final season, Ben, if you remember. Yeah, there was that disappointing final season. Um mm. And it's probably important for the listeners that we point out, because I don't think we did. There was a disappointing final season. The final season was quite uh, disappointing in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was quite disappointing. Benjamin, your, a bit main, like this podcast. your main issue with um, the Hobbit films was, you were saying this to me earlier, that there wasn't enough of the love story between Evangeline Lilly and the handsome dwarf. Yeah, I really wanted more um, interspecies erotica. Yeah, you really, you really engaged with that, you said. You really engaged. Ben! Well, I, I would have if they'd given me more of it, Michael. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, too much left on the cutting room floor, you said. As I said, it yeah, wasn't, uh, time, It I, wasn't true to the spirit of Tolkien. I just wanted some Tolkien-esque smut, Michael, and they didn't give me a drop. <laughs> I'm in the desert of smutlessness. Benjamin, you should start and a new podcast called Tolkien-esque Smut, where you, uh, where you read erotic interracial <laughs> Tolkien stories with your with your ASMR that I wrote voice. myself. Yeah, you write them, <laughs> write just, them yourself, and then do it with your ASMR voice. People will love it, Ben. <laughs> and then when Gimli unbuckles his pouch. <laughs> Gimli 
placed down his axe and took out his hammer. Oh, wink. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. you say wink. Benjamin, that's enough of that anyway, because we have other TVs to show, shows to talk about. Other TV shows with trailers which I have not seen, including Fantastic. but not limited to whatever the heck Kindred did. What's Kindred, Ben? So, Michael... Um, Benjamin! Octavia... Yes? Before you say anything, did they just, did they just pick this name out on a, on a bingo sheet of cool TV show names? I think I've no. seen three things called Kindred. No, they didn't, Michael. Um, this is a, an adaptation of an Octavia E. Butler uh, a kind of adult fantasy, oh. I guess. Oh, right. Like the ones on your podcast. Um, and yeah, like the like the ones on my other podcast, Tolkien S. Smoke. Um, she is, Octavia E. Butler, for anybody that doesn't know, Michael, huge American science fiction author, um, winning multiple Hugo and Nebula awards, if awards matter to you when you're picking your kind of thing. Um, very much known for the Parable series, uh, most famously known for the Parable of the Sower, which is a, a very, very dark look at a dystopian kind of society in the future, Michael. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of the or word in it. It's not great. Um, a lot of mutilation. It's very dark. What's the or uh, word? Oh, uh, rape. Oh, Michael. right. Okay, I thought you meant uh, retard. Um, I don't no, know. No, I didn't. Okay. No, no, a lot of the or word. We don't want to get cancelled, Michael. Okay, no. Um, We've said both of them now, so... Yeah, well, we're getting double cancelled now, but that was always coming. So, she also wrote um, Kindred, and Kindred is about a woman who... Uh, a black woman in modern times who moves into a colonial house, a former colonial house. Oh, very good. In the South. Oh, the South. In the South. And, Michael, I don't know if you know this, yeah. but the South yeah. was very racist. In the past. Not today, In the past. though. <laughs> today it's fine. Today we just don't speak about it and do it anyway. Um, yeah, but anyway. You mean she, the South of America, uh, obviously. She is then uh, the South cork. of America. Yeah. Yes, the South. Not the South. Of America. Of America, not not the South. Although I don't know how racist they are down there. No, they're grand. Down grand the bunch south. of lads down the South. Grand bunch of lads. As long as you, as long as you don't look too deep. Anyway, <laughs> um, grand bunch of lads. As long as you play for the GA team. The GA. Uh, so uh, come here to me. What is it? Come here to me. What happens is Michael. Mm. Oh, bloody hell! The racist past of the colonial house starts to manifest an impact on the young black lady who moves in with her husband. Oh, the ghosts um, of racism. The ghosts of racism. Ooh. They're back. Spooky, scary, segregation, sending shivers up your spine. Dum, dum. Yeah, so there's a little bit of that, Michael. Um, and it actually looks genuinely quite unnerving. Um, so the poor woman is kind of walking in two worlds. Okay. Um, and she sleepwalks and she gets trapped in these different um, racist moments from the path. Because there's one thing that people are kind of forgetting, Michael, is that slavery wasn't okay. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah, I feel that needs to be pointed out. Benjamin, didn't yes. this exact plot happen in Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country? Yeah, so I, I think there's a, a solid Lovecraft Country parallel there, Michael. Um, this would have come before Lovecraft Country. As a um, book. As a book. As a book. Kindred is a very famous series um, from 1970... I want to say 76. I'm going to have to look that distant up Distant past, Ben. The distant past, Michael, um, which is becoming more and more distant by the day, Michael, to be honest. But uh, yeah, so that became a very, very popular one. Um, then, sorry, it was 1979, Michael. I take oh. that back. It was 1979 that it was published. Um, 
and that became very popular. And this looks to be an almost Jordan Peele-esque adaptation. Um, the, the Jordan Peele school of acting is there. Uh, the wide-eyed fear um, of a black person <laughs> where mm. they stand perfectly still in paralysis it's got, um, it's got with us. their eyes wide open. It's got Australia's own Ryan Quanton in it, Ben. Yeah, he's in there. Yeah. yeah. And he's not going, mate, he's going, the South. The South. He's done that before, Michael, if you've ever seen the absolutely stellar Truebud series. Benjamin, of course um, I've seen the stellar Truebud series. He plays Sookie Stackhouse's brother. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's actually, Eventually. his accent is one of the most consistent. Who yeah, exactly? Who becomes a were-panther. Yeah, he became a <laughs> were-panther. Bloody Trueblood went mental, didn't it? Trueblood just lost the fucking plot with itself. It was just Absolutely like, ah, insanity. we'll have some witches. We'll Benjamin, have some brujas. Speaking of, um, speaking of, uh, who who was it again that you just said? Jordan Peele. Yes. Speaking of the Jordan Peele school of acting, have you seen Nope? I haven't yet. Did you see no. um, Kiki Palmer's basically audition reel to be rogue? I absolutely loved it. Michael. Yeah, I'm hundred percent on board with it. Great idea. I uh, there's a little bit of uh, naturally, Michael. Naturally, yes. The cesspit of the internet. Some of them were a great fan. Some of them weren't. Oh yeah, uh, I've but I actually found out um, Claremont, Michael, when he was designing this character, um, actually described her to the artist at the time mm. as black. Get um, out of here! I don't believe you. And right. the the artist. Uh, I can't remember who the artist was um, who who did Rogue I can't remember who the artist was at the time that he was working with um, it was probably him I don't think it was Claremont at the time um, but anyway described her as black and the <laughs> the guy was just like nah, <laughs> nah. wasn't she a villain though she was, yeah. So maybe was, the, art, yeah. the artist was like, uh, Chris, every time... I'm not you making de- all black people. Every time you <laughs> describe a villain, they're black. So maybe I'm going to not do that. Yeah, maybe maybe that's probably good. Uh, Michael Golden was the artist. Okay, maybe he was um, like, Chris, every that. time you do a villain, she's black. And uh, I'm going to skip that one. Just just once. Just once. Yeah. Uh, we'll never know, Michael, but apparently she was originally black. I would watch the fuck out of Kiki Palmer's Rogue. Yeah, very good. Very good. As long as she could reel in the comedy. Because I don't think Rogue is funny. Um, yes, but I don't think Rogue is particularly reverent either. So maybe maybe there's no, a, no, maybe there's a re- sweet yeah, yeah. spot in the middle there. Exactly, Benjamin. Exactly. Anyway, uh, look, sure, yes. listen. If we do any more bad-mouthing of Chris Claremont, he might send someone to kill us, Ben. Uh, oh, does he do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll send an assassin, yeah. Benjamin, a kind of a Baba Yaga type character. Oh, right. Well, that wouldn't be very good, Michael, because if we learned anything from three films worth of John Wick. John Wick, yeah. Um, it's that you don't want the Baba Yaga after you. Yeah, exactly, Benjamin. I love the fact Look. that they've got their mythology mixed up and they didn't mean Baba Yaga. What did they mean? They meant he's like a boogeyman. And someone just looked up, like, look up an Eastern European boogeyman and they got Baba Yaga. And it's like, it's a little old oh, witch dear. who lives in a house on chicken legs. Yeah, they really fucked it. Benjamin, my favourite thing, or my least favourite thing, is that this is the final John Wick, isn't it? That's what they're kind of implying in this trailer. This is it, yes. It's chapter four, the end chapter. Yeah, We why, thought chapter three was the end chapter. So first of all, yes, I thought chapter three was the last one. But this, I cannot believe this is not called chapter four or John Wick chapter four, I'm at the end of my wick. Uh, yeah. It's an absolute sham. Or snuffed out. I'd even take snuffed out. Oh, yeah, very good. Okay, that's a little bit less um, direct. 
yeah, than my snuffed out would be good. They did that sometimes. One of the things that annoys me about the John Wick franchise is John Wick Three is called Parabellum, mm. and now they've just dropped the secondary title. Yeah, <laughs> John Wick, John Wick Two, John Wick Parabellum, John Wick Chapter Four. Fuck off! Like, be consistent. Come on, lads, um, a bit of consistency, please. With your multi-million-dollar franchise, please. Yes. Um, uh, John Wick's back. He's back, Benjamin. I thought he was. I thought he wasn't back. People kept asking him if he was back, but he says, "I'm at the end of my wick, so I'm back." I, I'm thinking I am. And uh, yeah, so basically, the end of of three, Michael Ian McShane pulls an L backstabber, and uh, poor L Johnny Dubs falls down into the street and is rescued by none other than notable Matrix alumni Lawrence Fishburne. Oh yeah, I remember him. He's in most of them. Yeah. He's a sewer king. I thought he was dead. No, no, he's fine. He got shot, but he survived, Michael. He's going to help Johnny, Johnny Wicks, get back on top. So, uh, Michael, you might find yourself asking, how do you how do you top the last ones? It's easy. You make it all Japanese and you bring in the Yakuza, and that's how you get your action stats up. Oh, that's, is that's that it? Yeah, there's some Yakuza, Michael. And there's a Frenchman, played by Bill Skarsgård. Oh. Noted handsome, creepy man. Bill Skarsgård. He's a tall, handsome fella. Is he an assassin, Ben? Uh, he's apparently the top assassin, Michael. Even more top and than John Wick. We see, this is the thing. So, the, the the trailer in the grand tradition of action movie trailers spoils the entire plot, or oh, so good. we think, Michael. Oh, very or good. Or so we think, or so we're led to believe. And the only way that John Wick can survive the numerous times he has fucked over the, the high table, Michael. Mm-hmm which you'll recall in this convoluted universe is the boss of bosses with assassins. It's uh, like the gang of assassins. It's like King Arthur. As we've pointed out before, Michael, in this world, I think the only people that are in short supply are targets. Everybody's an assassin. <laughs> Everybody's an assassin, Then You're just walking Everybody. down the street and the entire street is made of assassins. Just assassins. That's Who are it. they assassinating? Everybody. <laughs> Each other, I No think. one has ever died of natural causes in the John Wick universe. <laughs> Everyone's been assassinated. It's terrible. So John Wick, uh, Michael, his only way back from this is to challenge the, the, the young Frenchman. Oh, yeah. To a duel. Hand-to-hand combat. Hand-to-hand what, sorry? Hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, hand-to-hand combat, yeah. Combat. Yeah. <laughs> Good old combat. Um, and, uh, Michael, it looks like it's going to be a duel. They can use some guns. They oh. can use some hands. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just an L assassin off. Oh, good. And... That's what they have to do. But, Michael, here's the thing. Bill Skarsgård, he's very fucking good. Oh, is he? Is he better than John Wick? We don't know, Michael. But it it it, it would seem to be held as a, a firm belief by the gang, all of the assassins. Oh, yeah. The 6.8 million assassins <laughs> yeah, that exist in, in the, the world. world. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, yeah, he might be. And Benjamin, shut up for a second, because what <laughs> is his um, misappropriated mythological name? We haven't gotten that yet, Michael. Uh, what I what I will say, Michael, is th- there's a there's a real touch of the. Do you remember in the Matrix Two where we were introduced to the weird Frenchman in that? The Merovingian. The Merovingian. There's a real there's a real whiff of the Merovingian off this. <laughs> ah, very good. They probably he's, he's a. They probably who played him again? What was the actor's name who played him? I don't. I don't know. I um, can't remember. They probably wanted to get him uh, back again, or maybe Vincent Cassell. I mean, Vincent Cassell would have been my top choice. Um, and they both have the advantage over Bill Skarsgård of being French. That's their major win, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know the name of the guy who played the Merovingian. His name is Lambert Wilson. 
Ah, Lambert Wilson, how are you? It sounds like um, a name a French person would make up if they were trying to be English. Hello, my name is uh, Lambert Winson. I am from uh, Cork. Sheffield. <laughs> um, but yeah. So Ian McShane is back as well, Michael. I thought he was um, dead. And he seems... No, no, remember he betrayed old Johnny Wicks at the end oh, yeah. of, of, of Parabellum. Did he betray him at the end of two or three? Three. Oh, okay. Because I remember being distinctly hurt by Ian McShane's lack of loyalty. I was like, oh! Oh, Ian McShane of all people. Um, but apparently he's back in. He has a little chat with him. Oh, good, okay. Now, say I'm back it could, in. It could be his death chat, Michael. Like John Wick might execute him then at the end of the conversation. We won't know that until we watch the film, Michael. Well, I will watch it, Benjamin, because I'm still... I will, I unashamedly a huge fan of the John Wick series. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the when he meets Jason Statham. And Jason Statham plays the real most dangerous assassin that he's ever met. Yaga Baba. Yaga Baba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And then they go to Australia. John Wick, John Wick 7, chapter down under, and they meet the Babadook. And he's a, he's played by <laughs> Ryan Quanton. <laughs> Don't forget noted male assassin the Morrigan. The Morrigan, um, yeah, from Ireland. From Ireland, yeah. It's gonna be great stuff. The Morrigan played by Colin Farrell. It'll be a one. It'll be brilliant. Oh, I would fucking love that. <laughs> John Wick Chapter uh, Seven: To Her De Danan. <laughs> be fantastic stuff. Sold. He'll travel to the underworld the of assassins, Ben. Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, we'll go see it, Michael. We probably will. Michael, speaking of films that uh, keep on going, you've you've seen a film this week. Oh, that's one of the worst segues we've ever had, Benjamin. Yeah. Benjamin. Not buttery smooth. Not buttery smooth, Benjamin. Like um, like bloody Namor's chest. Was it? Did he have a hairy chest? No, he didn't. No, he, oh, it was the opposite. The opposite, yeah. Benjamin, I've seen Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Boogaloo, yes. And I tell you what, Benjamin, I didn't have a good time. Oh, oh, okay. So this is interesting, Michael. Before you give me your review, um, I've been watching the reviews online. Go on. Um, mainly how they tackle it, how they're going to introduce it. And everybody's like, this film is very special in moments. <laughs> this film is very important in places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This film uh, really Don't get peak. me, I'm not a racist. This is a, this is a very important film. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So the, I mean, this film has some really, really strong bits, and then the rest of it is also there. Yeah, so the Benjamin, rest of it has, has also come into first existence. of all. First of all, Benjamin, I didn't have a great time, but it was a comedy of errors that led to me not having a great time. And me, come going, on, tell me more. No, it, I mean it's just behind the scenes boring stuff, Ben, which resulted in me going to this film at ten o'clock on Friday evening, hungry. On my own. That's very late. It was very to be late. Hungry and Benjamin. on your own. Very late to be hungry and on my own. So it was a comedy of errors, Benjamin. So I'm going to say whatever I felt about this film, it was probably twenty percent better than that because of my own mood. Oh well, that's a, that's an important caveat. Exactly, Benjamin. And there was a man beside me in the cinema, and he was taking phone calls, and I nearly killed ah, him. Ben, fuck off! I nearly killed him, Ben. It was very close to that man's death. What do you mean he was taking phone calls? He was calls? answering the phone, Benjamin. I had to have a little word with him, and so I was a little bit angry in the cinema. <laughs> oh, and then I was getting angry at Shuri, and I was like, "Am I angry at Shuri, or am I angry at the fact that 
I'm hungry and I'm here on my own and uh, this, this man keeps annoying is me. having a fucking business call. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't a business call, Benjamin. I think he had cheated on his girlfriend. But look, that is neither oh, here fuck. nor there. Um, and then gone, I don't know, did he have it because the seat beside him was empty, Ben? Was he supposed to be going to the cinema with his girlfriend and she found out he or was his cheating? Mistress. I don't know, Ben. I don't we'll know. never know. But he's like, no, I'm here. Are you coming? And he's like, I don't know why you're so annoyed at me. I was like, I'm, I know why I'm annoyed at you, you fucking <laughs> asshole. Fucking dose. Anyway, so Benjamin, yeah, highs and lows is the way I would describe this film. Um, okay. Nearly good, but let's be honest, not really that good. So, okay. Yeah. Benjamin, as you know, no great fan of the first Black Panther am I. I think it was, barring its excellent representation and um, massive cultural milestone <laughs> massive cultural milestone and excellent performance by Chadwick Boseman Ben and um, you do very much miss him especially when he's briefly on screen in in oh. uh, stock footage ah. um, like you you do definitely miss him and go oh yeah he was much better at this um, <laughs> but this one kind of kind of lacks that uh, as well and therefore I mean, I've heard one person, Ben, compare it to if if the first um, one, if Black Panther was akin to Wonder Woman, then this is Wonder Woman 1984. Oh. And I wouldn't, I personally don't think the drop off is quite that bad. Okay. But it is definitely a bit of a mess. I see. So, first of all, it's way, 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 way too long. For how, how long is this? It's two hours and 45 minutes. That's too fucking long. Benjamin, it's so long that I went into the cinema. The film started the moment, the minute it had on my ticket. No. Oh. Like, it, the trailers and everything happened before. Oh. So a lot of people missed the first 20 minutes. Because they thought they'd have a trailer break. Exactly, yeah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there either, Ben. So, as you know, Ben, Black Panther's dead. Yeah. That's not spoilers. That's just what's what's explained to do that. In, um, in well, do you want? Are we going to go straight into spoilers? Uh, do we want to do spoilers this early in? Um, okay, I'll tell you what. I won't spoil the plot or any twists or things like that. I'll only spoil okay. things that are in the trailers. Okay, and, and a couple of things that I think don't particularly matter. Um, so basically, Benjamin, the opening scene is Shuri furiously trying to work on recreating the heart-shaped herb to save her brother ah. um, who then dies of an unexplained illness. They never mention what it is. Oh. Um, they never show him um, suffering from it or anything. Um, he basically dies off screen and focuses on how Shuri reacts to it. And it is, in my opinion, from a dramatic and character perspective and even a kind of respect for people, someone who's genuinely died perspective, mm-hmm. one of the better ways to do it. Okay. Like, if you wanted to do a better superhero way, he could have died defending Wakanda or, you know, fighting and mysteriously died underwater being killed by Namor, maybe, if you wanted to do it in a more superhero way. But considering yeah. the real world background to it, pretty good okay and then the first 10 minutes or so is the fallout of that and it's excellent 
because you see more of Wakanda. It seems like a real place. You see their funeral traditions. You see the characters reacting to the loss of this person who's very important to them. And you're thinking, this could be quite good, you know. This could be... Yeah, this could be excellent. Then, two hours and 15 minutes of bullshit. (laughs) And then, at the end... um, and again, this isn't really spoilers, but at the end, characters reflecting on what's happened and the legacy of the Black Panther and stuff. And that's very good. Um, the only thing that's bad about it is the two hours and 15 minutes of bullshit that makes up the film. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> it's really quite a shame. So, um, as you've seen from the trailers, Ben, uh, Wakanda has a new frenemy in Not Atlantis. Oh, what's it called? Yeah, Kuku Clan, Teku Clan, Teku Clan, because it's off the coast of Mexico. So why can't you call it Atlantis? I I I don't know. Is it legally distinct from Atlantis because Aquaman? I I, I don't know. I don't know I'd what. I'd be oh. very surprised if DC got there first and managed to trademark Atlantis. I don't maybe think they're just can. trying to I, avoid. Yeah, maybe they're just trying to avoid doing another Atlantis because we've seen Atlantis a hundred times at this stage. Yeah. yeah so it fair. is, But it is Atlantis. It's Mesoamerican Atlantis. Cool. The difference being, of course, Ben, it didn't sink under the water. It's an underwater civilization that's always been under the water. Oh, okay. So there was no great cataclysm. There was no great cataclysm. Yes. Then, so they, they go on a series of bullshit adventures, Ben, basically. And... Um, and they have a big showdown with uh, with Black Panther uh, between between the new Black Panther and uh, Namor, and that's pretty much it. I see. And, um, it's okay. It's all right. right. Um, it's over long. There's an entire subplot with Everett Ross, Benjamin, your favorite character, Everett Ross. Oh, he's great. Played by Martin Freeman and yep. the Contessa de Fontaine. Oh, God. Played by, what's her name? Elaine from Seinfeld. And... Uh, Marie-Louis Marie Dreyfus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that just could have... Julia-Louis Dreyfus, sorry. Julia, yeah. You were thinking of Marie Pasteur, the discoverer of uh, radiation. Benjamin, um, <laughs> what was I saying? I don't know. Curie, Marie Curie. I got that wrong yes. as well. Yes, you also got that I got wrong. that wrong as well. Oh, mm. shit. Um, so, anyway, what was I saying? That whole plot could have... They could have gotten rid of it, Ben. Complete waste of time. Absolute, complete and utter waste of time. Um, oh, really? Yeah. They were setting up for Secret Invasion, though, weren't they? <sighs> if they were, it certainly doesn't feel like it. Okay. Because it's just like, who are these two? And what have they got to do with anything? Um, the reason that um, Atlantetu clan, Ben, the reason that it gets discovered is an American scientist has built a vibranium detector. Right. And so Namor goes, we have to kill the American scientist. I don't know why he's Russian. Why not? Um, yeah, so he, he wants to kill the American scientist. Oh, no. And so Wakanda says, oh, well, we better save the American scientist to put a stop to this mess. In. And that's kind of the, that's the central conflict, basically. Oh, I don't like it. So he's like, give me the American scientist. And they're like, we will absolutely not give you the American scientist. We don't care if loads of people get killed protecting the American scientist because she's a black teenage girl. And that means... We'll oh, bring... it's... It's Iron Heart, Ben. Your favourite character, Iron Heart. Why are they trying to kill her? Because she, inve- she invented a, a, a vibranium detector. 
and they detect ah. a vibranium at the bottom of the sea. And Namor is like, well, they're not having that because I'm the bottom of the sea guy. Yeah, that's my sea. Let's get out of here. We're not having this. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know, but it wasn't great. It, um, it just didn't... Uh, it sounds very confusing, Michael. No, no, it wasn't confusing because it's definitely not confusing because it's so long. You get so you get plenty of time to linger on every plot point and go, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, for <laughs> example, um, I don't know why Namor thinks killing the scientist will stop them because they already know where it is now. They've already found yeah. it. Cats out of the bag, so Exactly. So, I mean, it makes him seem like a bit of an idiot. In, okay. a, in a sense because of like yep. what I get you what do you what do you mean why do you want to kill you've given them back the machine as well so I mean sure it'll be an inconvenience for them if the exact sign but that's that's true also of Marvel Comics in general I think it, it stems from the people who write comic book movies don't understand what science is and they ah. just think like science is when one person is a genius and they know how to do a thing and they don't tell anyone but if you kill the genius, then no one will ever learn. Yeah, because it's essentially the same plot of Iron Man. Like you have to yeah. tell, you have to give us the Stark technology before you die, or else we won't be able to recreate it. He could just write it down, or just reverse engineer it from a certain point. Get a sample. Yeah, go slow. Go slow There's and no figure rush. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, same for the the Super Soldier Serum in Captain America. Yes. Oh no, Dr. Erskine is dead. No one will ever be able to read. Was he really such a bad scientist that he didn't write any of that down? Because you should be more annoyed at him. He's doing the science wrong. Bloody bad scientists. <laughs> Absolutely. And also, the Marvel anyway, Universe is predicated on bad scientists. Yeah, That's yeah. How it also, works. scientists don't make machines, engineers do. But look, so Marvel doesn't <laughs> understand science. That's one of the issues. Okay. They think science and engineering are the exact same thing, Benjamin. And I tell you what, I they think. aren't. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, Namor himself is... This is going to sound uh, unfair, but I wish they'd got someone who looked like Namor. Okay. Namor. And what I mean is, Namor is famously, in a world of ripped superheroes taking their shirts off, that's Namor's, Namor's, whatever you want to call him. That's his thing. Yes, like, in the Marvel superhero comic books, people are like, oh, shit, this sexy fucker with no shirt on is here. I better keep an eye on my wife. Famously parodied in uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they've yeah. got an actor here who's quite good, but a little bit of dad bod. Oh, no. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit of dad bod. He looks like a fit dad. Okay. And, I mean, great and all, but I personally think that I want superheroes on screen to be more ripped than is humanly achievable to be honest that's that's what you're there for Michael that's, uh, it ripped makes them look physiques. like yeah it makes them look like superheroes and I, I'm Here not you. looking at I'm not looking at Chris Hemsworth and going I'm gonna I'm gonna go for that now because I'm not a multi-millionaire with an entire studio behind me and, yes but yeah I mean I could probably have a few sandwiches and make them more <laughs> Okay. Like he's he's a strong, fit-looking fellow, Ben, but he doesn't look like the type of superhero that everyone's. He's no be going. superhero. He's yeah, he's no superhero. He doesn't look like a superhero, basically. Yeah, is is a bit of a disappointment to me. I love the fact that they went for uh, like I don't know if everyone loves this, but I I actually really like the idea of going for 
the Mesoamerican look for Namor and oh, mo- mo- moving him away from Atlantis. It, I think that was a, an interesting decision to take. Okay. Um, because I, I find Atlantis as a concept boring. I, Any time a show or a movie goes, and now we're going to go under the sea to Atlantis, it's like, oh no, I already know what this is going to be like. It's a big bunch of glass buildings and yeah, shining. People, and Yeah, and everyone's going to be just normal people but underwater. Oh look, it's Amber Heard. Everybody's favourite, Amber Heard. In fairness, I think a lot of the Mesoamerican thing is probably lifted from Disney's famous Atlantis animated show because they're a, they're like an indigenous tribe, but they are almost African. Um, mm. And I suppose they couldn't go with that angle because you already have the African culture represented in Wakanda. Yeah. And you wanted to make them visually and thematically distinct I suppose mm. but I'd say someone just watched that and went oh it's way better when you base this on an actual human culture <laughs> yeah 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 I had a couple of issues with uh, with Namor as well from the kind of representation point of view where he he speaks um, a Mesoamerican language okay and he hates the outside world because it's all to do with the conquistadors coming and killing his family and stuff like that classic and, uh, and yet Benjamin when he speaks English he speaks it with a Spanish accent uh or ah. uh, like Mexican Spanish accent. Ah. Like, oh, okay, that doesn't make a great deal of sense, but all right, let's a bit roll of a disconnect with it. there. A little bit of a disconnect, but let's just roll with it. Um yeah. I mean, it's nice to see more of Wakanda, especially in the opening scenes. Um it feels a little bit more fleshed out. Well, that's good. But then in the Because we got nothing in the last one. Exactly, there was one street basically. We got the royal people and that, that was it. Exactly, yeah. But then it does suffer a little bit from that as well. A kind of, um, we're focusing on the inner circle of royalty. And is Marvel still trying to convince us that royalty is okay? Yeah, I think they definitely think that royalty is okay. Um, Fuck them. And um, yeah, we just see like happy fishing folk. I think we see the same happy fishing folk a couple of times um, with the two or three sets they've built. But yeah. It wasn't my favourite. It wasn't the redemption of, of Marvel um, Phase 4 I was hoping for. Yeah, I think, you know, as I said, the the little the little toe that I dipped into the ocean of reviews for this, Michael, have been a series of, hey, hey, look, an important film. An important film. No doubt. An important film. Chadwick. Chadwick. <laughs> important film. But yeah. also... Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I, it's not horrible either. Like it, it's it's the biggest my biggest complaint about it is that it's overlong, and um, it's overlong and not particularly interesting. Other than Shuri's emotional arc of dealing with her brother's death, which probably could have been the core of the film. But then yeah, and you know, it could have been the core of the film or the confrontation between Wakanda and um, Tetukan could have been a little bit more dramatic. Okay. Or a little bit more. <clears throat> I mean, I, I understand the parallels between the two isolationist cultures, but yeah. it, it all feels a bit, uh, at the same time, slightly underdeveloped and a bit on the nose. I would also imagine, Michael, it's a bit rich coming from Wakanda. I would imagine, and I could be wrong here, and you're allowed to correct me whenever you feel like it. I would imagine that they probably play up a thing of um, the isolationist culture being like, this is the proper way. And then Wakanda being like, actually, we've found, because we're very open-minded now. No, no, the, Wakanda's not very oh, open-minded okay. now. Wakanda's Good. gone back to its isolationist ways. Good. Yeah, That's better. So I like that. It, it is, in a way. It, it makes it interesting. But there were a couple of times I was watching it going, I think both sets of people here are the baddies. 
<laughs> Everybody's a bad. Yeah, it's like mm, I, I genuinely don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for, for. in this uh, this um, unjustified silly fight between two isolationist cultures of might be baddies. Yeah, that's tricky. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, didn't particularly float my boat. I'm sure there'll be spin-offs. Uh, well, we're probably getting Ironheart, aren't we? Uh, oh yeah, I, I don't know if Ironheart's a movie or a TV show, but either way, it's probably not going to be great. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Michael, unfortunately, that that leads us down the road of, you know, the podcast isn't going to get any brighter from here, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I know um, it's been of a rough week, Ben. It's been a tough week. Um, Kevin O'Neill, legendary, well, at least very popular comic book artist's artist. Kevin O'Neill passed away this week um, he was the long term collaborator with Alan Moore um, particularly famous for uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen particularly famous for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen he also did um, some very weird things with 2000 AD um, and he was the artist on a very bizarre comic series called Martial Law oh very um, good so Martial Law was a bizarre hyper violent world Oh, go on. And I, I don't think a couple of years ago, Michael, we got Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, and I know, we got it. those spin-offs and stuff like that. A series like that wouldn't <laughs> exist without Martial Law. Martial Law was a superhero parody universe where the man who kept everyone in line was Martial Law. Oh, he was, very uh, good. You can tell from hyper, his name. yeah, a hyper violent. Um, he was a hyper-violent kind of BDSM-styled superhero ass-kicker. And that that series is, I, I think, probably a, a starting point for shows like The Boys. Oh, very good. Okay. Um, but Kevin O'Neill openly wore the BDSM, I enjoy kicking the shit out of people because I'm a sadist thing, proudly on the arm of martial law. He was a oh, big kinky good. bastard. Whereas... Garth Ennis thought he'd get away with yeah I'll just dress them all in in leather and that'll be grand mm. no one will know I'll know that they're dirty 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 perverts but uh, no one will ever guess from the full black leather outfits but he, then he had them go to that sex orgy bin yeah and then yeah that's true he had the old superheroes go to a sex orgy hmm hmm What's mm. this got to do with Kevin O'Neill? <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. I'm just saying, um, despite despite his output probably not being as well known as other artists, quite influential. Um, mm. The the biggest one there being, of course, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Michael. Uh, a once terrible film, uh, two volume, pretty good comic, third and fourth volume, get in the bin. But, mad yeah, shit. Um, it was Harry Potter shit. the whole time, Ben. It was Harry Potter the whole damn time. Yeah, yeah, really weird. Yeah. That goes off the rails big time, that series. Oh, but uh, any Alan Moore thing, if let go long enough, goes wildly off the rails. It's yeah, a yeah. really unfortunate Alan Moore thing. Well, I think you have to respect him because he... Well, you don't have to if you don't want to because he's a bit of a lunatic. I, he's but a bit of a lunatic, yeah. I respect his commitment to how worlds will change if this one thing changes. Because, mm. you know, it doesn't make sense for, the let's say, the Marvel Cinematic Universe that... Wakanda exists and Iron Man exists, and yet most people still live pretty much exactly the same lives that we live now. It's true. Um, but Alan Moore wouldn't have that. If um, if some major thing happened, it would change the world. And he, he yeah. sticks by it. Um, he does. 
If you remember Miracle Man, Ben. Ugh. Bloody hell, that got weird. That is a weird comic. All sorts it's of... coming back. Angels and devils and sorts of stuff going on. It's coming back. Weird. Yeah. Um, Marvel is bringing it back. We might get a Miracle Man movie at some point. Very good. Should but Benjamin, that wasn't, um, that wasn't the only pop culture death this week. No, so we we got the the really um, tragic news of voice of Batman for the last thirty one years. Voice of a generation, Ben. Voice of a sorry, it's it's actually thirty two years. Um, Kevin Conroy passed away this week at sixty six from cancer, um, and it's rare, Michael, that any kind of celebrity death will make me go, oh, um, I don't I don't normally feel any personal connection to um you know celebrities when they pass away it's very sad and it's you know it's it's a bad thing mm. but i can't honestly say that it affects me anyway it's a little bit different with kevin conroy kevin conroy has been a constant in my batman fandom since i was but a wee lad since you were a burn benjamin since i was a, a wee burn a wee batman obsessed burn mm. michael um and it's uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, he has been not a great innings, Ben. Not a great innings, Michael. Sadly, cut short by um, cancer. Um, not a great innings at all. No, terrible um, innings. Probably had a good few more innings to go. Mm. Uh, so we've seen him as Batman ever since Batman the Animated Series, um, and he has continued to hold that role because. Basically, everybody went. Oh yeah, okay. That's that's how Batman sounds. Yeah. Um, that that makes sense, and it's absolutely correct. We we've we've heard the Batman voice voice a million times, Michael. Um, you know, and sometimes we get I'm Batman, and other times we get I'm Batman, and they're all a bit silly. Um, because when you get a, a Batman voice, people think it has to be dark. You know, people think that it has to be brooding and awful and... Um, well, Christopher Nolan caused that. Christopher Nolan caused that. He warped the Bat Voice. Mm. But before that, we had a man who created... Sorry, I have to backtrack there, Michael, because I've just realised. 1992 is when Batman the Animated Series aired, so it's 30 years. 30, had him for years. 30 years. So he started voicing him at 30, uh, 36 and oh, yeah. uh, has done it since then. Uh, but one of the things that uh, Kevin Conroy really focused on was his Bruce Wayne yes um, and has, has was very candid about that in interviews one of the things that he was able to do was create a distinct Bruce Wayne Batman uh, voice set and you knew when he was speaking as Bruce Wayne and you knew when he was speaking as, as Batman um, and credit to Paul Denis who gave him some of the famous lines that he worked with, but people still quote the I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman. And it's like, it's it's still a big thing. And then there have been times in the past 30 years, Michael, where other people have voiced Batman. And I felt very bad for them because the backlash from fans is usually tremendous. They're just like, get fucked. Where is Kevin? Get Kevin back in here. We don't want this Will Arnett character. Get Kevin, back in here this instant. We don't want any um, more out of Jensen Ackles. Uh, give over, Jensen. Give over. You were a fine red hood, but I won't have any more. Um, 
so we had a few of those, Michael, and uh, now we're we're left in this very sad situation, Michael, where there will be no more um, Kevin Conroy Batman. Mm, the um, end of an era, in a way. It oh, it absolutely is. Um, he voiced so successful was he in voicing him on the animated series, Michael. He went on to voice him in the Adventures of Batman and Robin, which was the the kind of sequel series to Batman the animated series. He then went on to voice him in the Justice League and the Justice League Unlimited series, which were huge in their own right. Um, and then they also went on to voice him in the Arkham games, which was huge, and Batman Beyond. Um, Benjamin, you you need only look at like his filmography. Adventures. This is just video games, Ben. Right. 1994, The Adventures of Batman and Robin on the Sega CD. Sega CD exactly Benjamin Batman Vengeance in 2001 Batman Ben The Rise of Sin Su in 2003 I've played both terrible game very racist Batman Arkham Asylum in 2009 Arkham Asylum coming out in 2009 Ben 2009 Michael DC Universe Online Batman Arkham City Batman Arkham City Lockdown Injustice Gods Among Us Ben Infinite Crisis Batman Arkham Knight he played Batman Injustice 2 Lego DC Super Villains he played Batman they didn't get Will Arnett they didn't and that most recently later. Multiverses um, oh so he did the voice for Multiverses that's yeah. interesting where he's um, getting a shit out of Lola Bunny presumably Good, good. Um, <laughs> bloody furry porn. Get off here. If it's not Tolkien-esque smut, I don't want it. You don't want to hear um, it. But yeah, so we decided, Michael, to kind of take a look at that that stellar voice career. Go on. And really try and pick out some of the highlights. And one of the things that always stood out for me with Batman, and, and my picks kind of reflect this, is he made Batman very human. Um, I've I've complained several times on this podcast about the bat god dynamic that grant morrison created yes batman um, can beat anyone if he has prep time then yeah and i i hate that argument because it's just not true um i hate that batman is essentially benedict cumberbatch and sherlock um and just you know calculates everything on a dime and is ready for anything and that that's not always the way um and then we've also had the tom king batman who pummels the shit out of people my friend um, Tom King. Not your friend Tom King. No, oh. the other Tom King. Okay. Um, and we've had both those Batmans. And yeah, we love it when Batman kicks ass. And yeah, we love it when Batman is one step ahead of the villain and stuff like that. And we love big, ominous Batman. But I think something that Kevin Conroy really did, um, and this is down to the writing he was given as well, but uh, Paul Denis has been very open about the fact that a lot of his Batman writing in later series, um, both him and um, Tim... The other fellow, yeah. Tim Allen. Tim the no. Toolman Taylor. Uh, Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Him and Bruce Tim were very candid about the fact that um, Kevin Conroy's Batman influenced their writing. Go the on. way that Kevin Ca- Conroy portrayed that character. And one of the, one of the ways that it's done, Michael, is he's a very human Batman. Mm. Um, he's, he's, there is an empathy to Kevin Conroy's character that is primarily down to his voice. It, 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 he's just able to evoke a huge amount of empathy from his voice and maintain that very masculine kind of authoritative Batman tone Mm. um, as we go through. The first time I realised that, I think, was when I was watching Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, one of your Um, favourites. 
Yeah, it was the animated movie spin-off and is, quite frankly, uh, Michael, one of the best Batmans ever. Batman. Um, Batman. Uh, many, 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 many Batmen. But what happened there is, Michael, Batman is forced to choose between his his relentless pursuit of vengeance yes. and happiness. Having a girlfriend. Um, he meets he meets the love of his life, um, who I think it's I think it's Andrea Beaumont. I think that's her name, but I'm not sure. Sounds posh, and it does. It's very upper class, mm. um, and he's forced to choose between vengeance and contentment. And it's it. There are several monologues that he has um, with. Alfred with his parents' grave where he tries to work through this and it's it's phenomenally striking how human he is. There are several moments throughout the Batman animated series where Bruce Wayne talks to Alfred about how tired he is doing this and yeah. how worn out he is, you know, trying to pursue this relentless crusade. And... It, it is always Kevin Conroy's ability to switch from the intimidating Batman to the exhausted Bruce Wayne that is impressive. Um, I think we saw that in a whole new level when we saw Batman Beyond. Um, and we got a, a a much older Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he um, was an old Bruce Wayne then. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the fantastic things there, Michael, is that was essential for that show to be successful. If you had just jumped in recast someone to do an older Bruce Wayne I don't think that show would have had the handy true line that it did yes, Kevin Conroy fans would have rejected it Ben yeah so I think Kevin Conroy carrying over and then having a chance to to be an older Batman and do a fantastic job of that Michael he was um, like I'm old Batman yeah get so, in here Terry McGinnis but he did a great job of slowing down his voice. He was he was a phenomenal voice actor. Um, and he slowed down his cadence and his rhythms to be an older Batman, an exhausted Batman. Um, and it, it was a really fascinating thing. There's one thing, there's one episode in Batman Beyond, and I'm just looking up the name of it here, Michael, where Talia al Ghul gets back in touch with uh, Bruce Wayne in the Batman Beyond universe. Mm. Is she still young and sexy, Ben? Yes. She offers him a chance to use the Lazarus Pit. Oh. Um, to restore himself. Um, now, the twist of the episode is, and it's a really sinister twist in Batman Beyond, um, is that Rachel Ghul has planted his mind inside Talia's body. Talia yeah. is gone. She's essentially been erased. Um, yeah. And Rachel Ghul was so obsessed with continuing life that he basically consumes his own daughter um, metaphysically. Um, an absolute creep. And it turns out that what he's trying to do is he's trying to get Bruce Wayne to restore his young body and then he's going to do the same thing to Bruce oh, Wayne's perfect physique. He doesn't want to be a sexy lady anymore. Yeah, he wants to be a man in the prime of physical condition. And one of the interesting things is we get to hear Kevin Conroy take back his young Bruce Wayne voice. Ah, oh, does he go back Whilst young also being the old... Now, it only lasts for five minutes. He gets a, a microdose of the pit and then it wears off because the, <laughs> the Lazarus pit always wears off. That's the, yeah. that's the thing. Okay. Right, um, keep going back. And we hear about, you know, we get to see 
a jump between old Bruce Wayne, young Bruce Wayne. It's fascinating. Any time old Bruce Wayne delivered a monologue on that show, Michael, you paid attention. It was a, it it really sucked you in. It was a really amazing kind of thing. He, he very famously had an opportunity to play in live action old Bruce Wayne. Yeah, um, people didn't love it though. Yeah, it turned people, out to be the baddie. Yeah, people did not love it. Um, he gave a one of the things that I've been inundated with Michael on on TikTok is uh, Kevin Conroy kind of fan clips and stuff. Yeah, um, for obvious reasons. And uh, one of the, one of the nice things about it is he he gives a little conversation about what it means to him to play a live action Batman. And a live he was action like, "Ginger Batman." Yeah, he talks about it, and he's like, "I never thought I would get this opportunity. Number one, because I'm aging out of the role. Mm. You know, I'm I'm I think he was sixty at the time. Yeah, um, and he was like, you know, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a Bruce Wayne. I'm I'm not that person. Um, and then he was like, but I get to play." this version of my character and he was like I kind of like that it's 30 years from when I started playing him because I I would be the age of this Batman this is what my Batman would look like I would be a beaten man Hmm. Um, and I was like that's kind of cool it's just very touching he had a real passion for it um, and apparently was just a lovely man to fans and would take the time and he was at Dublin City Comic Con a couple of times Ben maybe only once but just particularly Uh, memorably um, yeah, I, I mean, it's a shame. I always thought it was like, oh, I'll get to see him next time. Um, and I guess that won't happen now, you know. No, um, he's died. Because unfortunately he's passed away. Mm. Um, but it's it's very sad. Um, you know, but I think that humanity that he brought to a character that is so often typecast or pigeon pigeonholed into a brooding mess mm. is is going to be sorely missed. I think it's it's something that is very hard to find a balance between. Imagine if Kevin Conroy could have Lazarus pitted his brain into Ben Affleck's body. They would have that would have been a much Batman. better one. Yeah. Would have been the perfect Batman. Perfect Batman. Instead yeah. of just uh, imagine if Ben Affleck was Batman. Yeah, that wasn't a great Batman, was it? it was just, <laughs> not not the you know, not the strongest. Not the strongest Batman we've ever had. But uh, yeah, so sadly that, that's that's really where we're ending the podcast this week. We we apologize. Um, Massively, ladies and gentlemen, for the the slight downtone, but it's a very sad moment in pop culture history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also a time to reflect and look back, Benjamin, on the works yeah. of someone who's had a huge impact on us and uh, and had a huge impact on popular culture in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we would love to know your favourite uh, Batman moments with Kevin Conroy. Uh, so you can get in touch with us in a few different places. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabyug.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means a tiny room in Irish. You can find us on Instagram at Sure Look, Sure Listen Podcast. It means Sure Look, Sure Listen Podcast, but, you know, in English. In English. In English um, so. You can find us on uh, Twitter at ListenSure, uh, but Twitter is kind of a dumpster fire right now, so it's probably best to avoid it. Yeah, um, we're not paying for our blue tick, Benjamin. We refused. But, uh, I think we should. I think we should finally give ourselves some legitimacy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the best way to get in touch with us, ladies and gentlemen, is to hop up on that Discord down below in the description. Hop up on it like it's a 1970s disco party. Absolutely. Um, that's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you again in a week's time with more pop culture goss and news. Oh, are we doing goss and news? Goss and news. We're changing oh. the tack of the podcast, Michael. Oh, very good. Okay. It's going to be called yeah. Fishwifing with the Boys. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, it's going to be great. That's it. See you next week. Bye. See you next week there. Bye.